Hey everyone, welcome to uh, today's episode of Emotional Duct Tape. I'm Corey. I'm Jamie. Jamie, how's it going? For a second, I thought you forgot where you were or who who I was. I don't know. You're like, wait, what is the name of this podcast? But in your defense, I feel like I've not seen you in so long. Like you look different to me. You look younger or happier or something is happening you're also not wearing a hat I don't know but like I'm sitting here and I'm like what's going on with Corey Corey looks different do I have a glow about me no I um you do (laughs) what could it possibly be like I just asked you what how you're doing and while while you tell me how you're doing I'm gonna think about this okay um I'm doing okay I think um I'm kind of in this like, I don't know what the hell is going on right now in life. Um, and I'm, I don't want to say I'm questioning things because I'm not really questioning anything necessarily. I just feel like I'm in this very weird limbo and it's not good or bad. It's just um, somewhere I've never been before. So I'm kind of exploring it and um, it's interesting. It's kind of like, uh, like transitory. Yes, yes. Um, to use my big word of the day transitory I like that I like that yes it is um and I feel like it's that's actually a really cool concept right now and and yeah I'm gonna look at it like that like it's a it's a transformation a transformation is about to happen I just don't know what that transformation is yet (laughs) I love that I love that um I'm ready for it so I how are you doing I'm trying to think of why I'm glowing um (laughs) uh I, it's well, just a really good light you a really good lamp you have on right now <laughs> not yeah nothing is different um minus that minus not wearing a hat uh julian harrison are going on a camping trip for a couple days so i'm actually they're actually leaving pretty soon they are jet so, lately yeah you know we're trying to make up on la- they're trying to make up on lost time for all the family stuff we missed last year so um but having the house to myself for a couple days maybe that's hard like it's freedom um therapy's been really really good lately and i'm just kind of like putting things out there and just like saying what i need to and i feel like that pressure's off like the, like the weight off my shoulders is just acknowledging how i feel beautiful just saying like i feel so that's that's good it's um, good yeah other than that things are things are good um so earlier you mentioned that i seemed like i was confused um it's it's kind of part of the the tie to the podcast today because my worlds are colliding in this episode this is a this is where the world my my two worlds combine because uh for those of you who don't know i actually have another podcast it's not even related to what we talk about here it's about movies um but my co-host on the podcast is um is our guest today but for some context she was my intern then she became my co-worker and somewhere along the line of that she became one of my best friends and then now she's a podcast co-host um so please welcome to the podcast with no expectations set my dear friend audrey hi thanks Corey. expectations are high I was going to say, we, we talk about an entirely different kind of drama on our podcast. 
we do we, we talk about movies but yes so audrey um yeah this is so like it's just surreal because it's like i have these you know these two co-hosts and now like we're all together it's like you know just i, I love it um i actually feel the like the like the pressure is on me because audrey is such a nice voice and i'm like wait what do i sound like <laughs> do i have a podcast voice is there a podcast voice i feel like you have a podcast voice i was a broadcast communication major in in college so like I, you could blame it on that it's awesome it's no it's no <laughs> you know clout of my own it's just you know that's what i went to school for and I, I don't use it in my real life so but also to audrey don't forget that you are a theater kid so you you know you have this this way of presenting yourself and speaking in ways that are very um eloquent that's true thank you eloquent yeah so um <laughs> i asked audrey to be on the show uh she actually volunteered herself at one point i think but um we we talk about relationships a lot and and for the most part our relationships deal with romantic relationships and breakups and kind of the grief associated with when when those things happen um because while we don't want a relationship to end a romantic one usually there's an expectation that it's either going to go all the way or it's going to fall off somewhere but today audrey is going to talk to us about a friendship relationship and the grief associated with when you have to sever ties with a toxic friendship which is something we we haven't really touched on yet um so yeah audrey i'm just going to kind of let you start off kind of just give us some background on, on what happened and kind of go from there yeah i was going to say corey you've been around for almost all of the people i've ever dated so we've talked about relationships a lot and you've you've met all of them um and and you've helped me through that heartbreak as well because i was i was either working like your intern or i was working with you uh during that time when i was when i was dating those people and then you also secondhand heard a lot of the story, what I'm going to talk about today, because that was going on when we were working together. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of heard snatches here and there. And honestly, uh, for a lot of it, and I think the last time I told, like the whole story was to my therapist like a year ago. Um, but uh, yeah, so I had a friend in college um, who I was really close to. And um we we met while we were doing theater um, at our college and um just we we formed this like core group of friends that ended up i ended up staying pretty close to for the most part with with most of them uh this core group of friends like we we stayed friends um our junior year um well it was three of our junior year and then one was a senior we lived together on campus in an apartment um we had decided to do that and um, it was like one of the best years of my life. Like um, I was going through some, some personal stuff that was kind of a struggle, but I just remember having that support system that was really incredible with those, uh, with my friends. And um, I remember my mom came over to our apartment one time and she had like just overheard us talking um, in the living room, just, you know, talking like girls and having, having <laughs> gal talk. And she like came out and she said like, like, man, you guys just hate each other, don't you? Like, sarcastically. And it was just, I, I wanted that to last. Um, I wanted that friend group to be that way forever. But um, the, the friend of mine who was a senior, she ended up uh, moving back to her hometown. So she left 
um, that senior year, we ended up the three of us uh, at this point getting an off-campus apartment. At that point, the, the relationship dynamic started to change. Um, looking back, I can see that it, it definitely started to change at, at that point um, because that fourth friend had definitely been a mediator in some situations. And um, me and my best friend shared a room through that whole time. Um, and then my other friend uh, was had her own room. So it was still a, a good, it was a good time for the most part. Um, what, what happened, I think one of the biggest catalysts was my best friend moved out of that apartment and it was just me and um, my other friend, my close friend at this time. So two, it was like two kind of mediators left, were gone. So it was just me and uh, my friend. And I think, if I could pinpoint a time when things started going downhill, it might be that. Um, there were signs ahead of that that I chose to ignore about how she was treating me. Um, but I think it was then that that things started to unravel. Um, and I don't want to like talk about this to put all of the blame on her because it was both of our faults. We both contributed to the lack of communication and the just the how we we just weren't we weren't connecting anymore we weren't solving conflict well anymore um we were kind of talking over each other we weren't recognizing each other's needs um and there there came a point in the winter time of that year it would have been 2019 where i was noticing something was off and i wasn't sure why and I, I kept asking Jerry, I'm like, something, something is going on between, between me and this friend. And I, I, can't, I can't pinpoint it. She's really quiet all the time. She doesn't really talk to me. She doesn't really seek me out to talk to me about things. And I was seeing a counselor at the time too. And I was telling her like, I don't know what's going on. Um, there had been some little things, you know, like little apartment things where it's like, you left your dishes out in the sink for too long. You left the counter dirty that sort of thing. But I was like, those are just little apartment things. Um, I had been cast in a play at that time with her boyfriend and she had not gotten a part that she really wanted. Um, she felt kind of left out of that. She did voice that to me and I do remember that. Um, but then it just, it just started to dissolve. Like suddenly we, we just weren't talking. We weren't talking anymore. We were just kind of ex existing in the same space. Um, it's and, really hard. Yeah. And really uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> the, as the kids say, the vibes were off. And like, I, I wasn't sure what was going on. And like, I wanted to talk to her about it, but I didn't know how to approach it, if that makes sense. And like, in hindsight, I'm like, why didn't I bring it up? Why didn't I talk about it sooner? Why didn't I say something and ask like, hey, are we good? Is everything okay? I think about that almost every day. Why didn't I just say something? It's so funny because you think about like relationships and communication and just how like, you know, why don't you say this? Why don't you say that? You know, it's because you're terrified of, of hurting somebody, you know, where you don't know how to, to navigate what you want to say. But I mean, and you can expect, you know, miscommunication when, when you're dating somebody, and then you get afraid to do that too. But yeah, like, how do you approach a friendship? You know, like, how do you, I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying hypothetically, how do you 
you know, say to someone like there's something off and like, like, because you're worried about hurting their feelings or you're worried about, you know, like the balance, like you said. So it's very interesting how that, that takes. Well, change. just like, meanwhile, you're, you're both like, it's, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Right. Like, you know, we do, we, you're totally right, Corey. Like we get so stuck in like, I'm scared to say something, but we're allowing things to get worse for, for, for both of us, you know? Um, I mean, I, I have been through this as well and, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. And every time I, I kind of justified it to myself, like every time I talked to my counselor about it, I was like, I don't want to make it about me. Like there should, there could just be something going on in her life that she's trying to work through and she needs her own space to do it. Um, and then it ended up being, that was not the case. Um, Corey has heard this story a lot, uh, many times, but um, the night that things definitely, I knew everything was, not everything was wrong, but I knew this was bad, um, was a kind of a, a movie night that uh, she had planned with her boyfriend at the time and with um, my best friend, she came over uh, to hang out. And I asked my best friend, like, hey, can I join you guys? Um, we'll bring some drinks. Um, it was going to be at our apartment anyway. So I was like, we do you mind if we watch? It was, we were watching Game of Thrones at the time. I'd never seen a single episode. I was like, we just want to hang out with you guys. Um, and my best friend said, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you can join us. And um, again, that, that whole night, my other friend was very like off, wasn't talking to me, wasn't looking at me. Um, and then the night progressed, everyone had a little bit more to drink and the truth started to come out a little bit more where, uh, my other friend started to get really nasty to me. Um, she told us to, you know, stop asking questions about who all the characters were in the, in the show. We can just Google it, um, to, uh, basically we had just invited ourselves to this little event uh movie night and that was when I had to I had to turn around and start crying in Jerry's shoulder because I felt so embarrassed and hurt and wondering what was going on and so at that at that point I just decided to go to bed uh Jerry went home and we talked in the hallway for a little bit and I was like I'm okay I just don't know what's going on and then in the other room I could hear my other friend saying she does not give an f about us anymore um, and so I just, uh, went back to my bed and went to sleep. Um, they stayed awake a little bit longer. I think, uh, her now ex-boyfriend and my best friend talked cause they knew something was up and something was going on. They knew more than I did at that point. Um, and then in the morning, um, we all kind of woke up. Um, my other friend had to go to work and, um, so the, the boyfriend and my best friend left and then it was just me and her again. And she didn't really apologize for what she said because she blamed it on being drunk and then said, this relationship has become toxic and I just can't take it anymore. Um, I can't do this right now. I can't be friends with you right now. And then she left for work. And that was all we said about it. That was all that was ever said. Um, so I just kind of had to keep going throughout my day. Uh, 
you know that feeling you get after someone says like they're they've broken up with you that weird feeling in your chest I had that like all day where I was like I feel like I've just broken up with like someone just broke up with me and I was like trying to deal with these emotions while also trying to you know like run errands it was a weekend I was like trying to like go about my day and be normal I was also texting my best friend at the time too because she she had gone out to lunch with um the boyfriend and I just texted her I was like do you think I'm toxic and she she didn't respond because she came back later that day and she said um like I don't think people are toxic situations are toxic and this is just a toxic situation for both of you to be in and she was exactly right and I still have to remind myself of that but um (laughs) The problem was I had three more months on that lease. So we still had to live together. Um, so that that whole summer, I just remember being very awkward in and out. No, no talking. I would typically just retreat to my room when I got home from work, uh, do my best to avoid uh, my friend and not know how to even address what was going on. I didn't know how to bring it up again. I didn't know where to start, where had it even started with her. Um, a lot of things that I heard were things that her her boyfriend ended up telling me about like our relationship and things that other, like our other mutual friend, the one who had moved away because um, they had remained close and everything I heard was secondhand. And again, looking back in hindsight, I wish I would have gotten it firsthand. And I just don't know, again, I didn't know how to talk about it. Um, I I am not good at conflict and this is a really hard conflict. Yeah. You, you're, you're, I mean, I think I've seen you now a little, little more assertive and a little more um, in defense of yourself. Maybe that's because of the situation, but um, I think too, you know, there's, you know, like, like you said, there's, there's a feeling of like, of, of breakups and everything, but you, you had to kind of reconcile this process of, of disconnection with this friendship, but you didn't get a clean break really for a long time because you were still, and at least you still had to see that person every day. You, you had to like almost not necessarily relive it, but you had to, to exist in a space, endure it. You had to endure it. Yeah. You had to basically, every day come home be reminded that this thing that was important to you was precious to you isn't there anymore yeah i didn't really know what to expect every time i came home um i didn't know if that was the day that we were going to talk about it um or if i had done something wrong again um even like i remember like laying in bed and then i would hear the door slam and i knew she was home and i still don't like slamming doors to this day um but yeah, I just remember it being a really weird summer and I had a lot of people who helped me talk through it. Like my parents helped me talk through it, um, work through it in my mind. Um, I still kept going back to thinking I was the guilty party. Um, and again, it's been two years and I, I still have those thoughts and wonder if it was all my fault. Um, and so obviously the, the summer went on and I had found a new lease 
um, I found an apartment on my own um, that I was really excited about. And at that point I decided uh, I was going to write her a note um, and explain my side because I had never found an opportunity to uh, to talk about it with her any other way because um, she was pretty she was pretty conflict averse as well um, and based on how other conversations of ours had gone in the past I knew that it would turn on me eventually so yeah I just decided since I'm a writer I would write her a note because that would be the best way to get my thoughts out and do it clearly so the first, the first draft of that note I wrote was really angry, like, and I'm glad I got that out. It was like, just, just get that out on the table. I ripped it up and threw it away. And then I was able to be, to show at least a little bit of grace um, and to, to be honest without being cruel or mean. So I just laid out like how I had felt during those past months. I said, it, it hurt me to have you call our friendship toxic and then just walk away like it didn't matter to you. And I want to say that I was a good friend, that we had a really good four or five years of friendship um, and that I really care about you, but this might be the last time that we, that we talk to each other. This might be the last thing I ever write to you. Um, and it, it brought back the feelings of you know, when we would write each other encouraging notes throughout college and when we would tell each other how much we loved each other and just remembering that that, that would be the last interaction that we would have was really painful. Um, I found out a few days later that she had blocked me on all social media. So I knew like it was done. Our, our friendship was done. She didn't want to reconcile. And honestly, like I had to come to a point where I'd I didn't want to reconcile either. I realized that I didn't, I didn't want that relationship because we had, I think we had just grown out of each other, if that makes sense. Um, we, we'd outgrown each other and there, there might have been, you know, an opportunity to have healed that relationship, but I don't think it would ever have been the same. Um, and you know, there was a long time where I wanted to, to reconcile, at least to let her know that there were no hard feelings on my side. Um, but then I found out that there were some really hard feelings on her side. Um, she said some things about me on social media that were uh, less than kind and um, really hurt me to know that that's how she felt the whole time um, that we were, we were living together. She said things about when we were living together that I didn't know about. Um, she called me abusive. Um, she, she brought my workplace into it at one point as well. Um, and, uh, she, she mentioned me in tandem with my workplace. Um, and when she said that I believed it. Um, there were a lot of things that she said that I believed and um, sometimes I still believe. Um, sometimes I believe in the image of myself that she has of me. Um, and I, yeah, that was just, that was really hard to know that she still harbored 
a lot of bitter feelings. And if I was honest with myself, I knew I was too. And they still bubble up sometimes. Um, again, it's been two years and it's been, it's been a process of, of grieving and, and bitterness and understanding that even if we ever were to see each other again, uh, it would not be the same. It's interesting too, the idea of closure and well, because I mean, in life, we're not guaranteed resolution or closure in any situation in our lives. Um, and it's, it's really hard to, to see where things like you, you kind of want to be able to, to, you know, analyze it, investigate it, you know, and draw all the dots, you know, and create the, the, you know, the, the criminal investigation map where you have the red dots, you know, everything connected together. Like in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but you don't necessarily get that. And I think that's really hard. Um, one question I want to ask you though, is knowing where things ended up and knowing, knowing the good moments you had, are you able to hold on to those good moments that you did have with her? Are those moments spoiled by how things ended? No, they're not. I've, I've kind of been cognizant of that. I don't want all memories of her to be bad. Um, They are melancholy now that I look back on them, knowing that they'll never happen again. Um, I remember very shortly after I moved out and we cut off contact, I would I would see things or be or like listen to something or hear something said and be like, oh, she would think that was so funny. Or I would see like a picture of a cat on Instagram and be like, oh, she would think that was so cute because we used to share like pictures of cats with each other all the time. And I, or I would hear a song and I'd be like, oh, that's exactly the kind of song that she would like to hear. It was, it was like grieving. Um, it was like when yeah, it was like, if you've lost someone, you're like, oh, my, my grandma loved that. Uh, she loved to do this. She would love that song. Um, and there are still things like that to this day, because I think she and I are more similar than different. And again, I think that was a big reason why it did not work that we lived together. Um, we didn't know how to handle conflict uh, between the two of us. Um, and that we both contributed to that environment um but before that i only have like really good memories there, there are times i could tell you where i was like wow she was really annoying or she she did some things that hurt me too and i just i didn't voice it um i didn't assert myself so i really i don't really have a i guess a right to be angry about it if i didn't say anything about it um so like there were things that had happened that had hurt me that I didn't bring up either. And then there were things that I had done to hurt her that bubbled up and eventually turned into that really horrible night. Um, but all of that said, I, I don't regret being friends with her and having a relationship uh, with her throughout college. She was one of my closest college friends. And when I look back and I th- think of the, the fun times that we had I I'm happy. Like, I'm glad that I was able to have that with, um, so you talked, I mean, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but what, what were the biggest things to help you heal and move forward, um, through that process Mm -hmm. of, of, of losing that relationship? Yeah. I had to unlearn the things that she said about me. 
I had to know that those things weren't true. That kind of happened after, um, uh, after everything happened and we cut each other off. Um, the things that she said about me, I started to believe. And I thought that's how everyone saw me. Um, because she, she called me toxic several times. Um, and I've wanted to call her toxic too. And I, I have, but looking back, I've realized, like I said, like what my best friend said, people aren't inherently toxic. Um, I don't think people are toxic at all. I think situations can be toxic. And I did things to contribute to, contribute to that environment. And so did she. So I had to first of all, unlearn the things that she said about me that weren't true. Um, I went back to counseling because of it. And um, I also had to unlearn the behaviors that had led to that. And that is still an ongoing process as well. Like I need to understand like, this could happen again. And I need to make sure that I can handle conflict in a better way than I used to. And I can, yeah, it comes down to how, how do I treat people? And do I treat people the way that she says that I do? Um, or was there something missing in that relationship? I think that's, I think that's really, um, really good of you just to be able to recognize that and to. It's, it's very mature and it's very um, self-aware. And I think a lot of times in these kinds of situations, um, there's a lack of self-awareness on, on either party at some point. And that's why these sort of things happen. Um, and I think, you know, of course, yeah, like there is a chance that these, that it could happen again, but you're well aware of like, okay, if this happens again, I have these methods of <laughs> resolving conflict versus resorting to not talking about it or something like that. Right. Cause I've, I've had this conversation with my fiance. I was like, we're going to be married. We're going to be living together again. And the last time I lived with someone, she cut me off. And I mean, we've had that conversation and we've both come to the conclusion, like we we're going to work hard to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, a marriage is a little bit different than roommates, but still, you know, Jerry's my best the friend and right. The, <laughs> the principles, principles are the still same. there. Yep, and exactly. Yeah. So understanding that I will be, you know, I've lived alone for the past two years and in six months I'll be living with someone again. So, uh, it, it'll be different hopefully, but still those were behaviors and patterns that I've had to realize and notice looking back. Um, but I also think Jerry and I are more suited to live together than <laughs> me and my friend were. Right. Like, but there is like a PTSD that comes with it. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's kind of like, there's a, I mean, and obviously you've done a lot of work to shake yourself of, of her perception of you and you believing it, but marriage in itself is a scary thing, but even the idea of like, okay, you know, like Jerry's going to be stuck with me, you know, all my good days and my bad days, you know, and like, and, you know, can, can I be the person I need to be to get past 
whatever I have, you know, like, like, how can I act? It's, it's almost like you're actively trying to run the other direction. Like, cause you, you're like, okay, I'm not going to let this happen. So how can I distance myself as far away as possible from anything that could be construed as toxic or make anybody question their, their place in my life or my place in theirs? Yeah. And then this weird imposter syndrome comes in where you think, um, oh no, they're going to find out that I'm a really terrible person. Like, they're, they're going to find out the, the secret's going to come out eventually. Um, because like, other than this story, there have also been the people in my life who have like suddenly turned on me and I've wondered what I did wrong. And, um, again, I'm like, oh, so this is what they found out. So these other people in my life are going to find out too. And they just don't know the truth yet. They don't know that I'm actually terrible. As somebody who spent like 40 hours a week with you <laughs> for a few years, I can guarantee, dude, like you got, I've, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm not, you know. But Corey, it was all a show. You don't understand. <laughs> it's funny though, just how deeply, like I talked to my counselor about that a lot. Like how, how deeply ingrained that gets in you where you're like, oh, they don't know the truth. And then my counselor would ask, well, what's the truth? And I was like, that I'm a terrible person. And she would say, no, that's not the truth. That is not the truth. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, as you were saying that, all I keep thinking is, well, it, the truth would come out if it were actually a thing, <laughs> but it, it's not. And sometimes our stories that we tell ourselves are the worst ones, right? Corey knows a little bit, but like, I'm like, I, I'm basically in a friend breakup right now, um, even if they don't know it. I've had a lot of thinking and, and I've kind of separated myself. Um, but I also am like trying not to tell myself stories about like how she thinks or feels because I really don't know. And unless I say something like, I'll, we'll never know. Right. And like the things that your friend said on social media um, or, you know, may have told other people are guaranteed some sort of self-consciousness she has about herself and things that she sees in you that she wishes she had and is taking it out. You're just a, a vehicle for her to take out whatever it is that's actually bothering her, right? The truth, <laughs> you know? So, but it's hard. It's hard when we, we sit with our own thoughts and we don't talk it through with people and we make up stories and then it's like, Oh no, that was, that's never what happened. <laughs> yeah, you, you were, you were the lightning rod, you know, for, it was easy for her to direct all that, to put it all on you because she had all these things, you know, and I can't speak to, cause I don't know her that well. I know of her, but um, you know, she, there must've been a lot of hurt and a lot of confusion, a lot of, bad things and going on in her life to to put that on you but what you were saying a second ago was was imposter syndrome and i'm because my therapist says i'm i'm a, I'm a nice guy as they say so i'm reading this book no more mr nice guy and one of the questions they ask is like you know what you know what would you do if you know if people loved you no matter what you did or acted you know how would you portray yourself and i'm like oh. and I, I found though too like um, when I'm honest about me or how I feel or even um, things in my life, and both of you know this because I talk to both of you often, but like, and neither of you have ever like 
said anything weird to me like oh my gosh you're terrible you're always like wow sorry you're going through that and <laughs> sometimes putting it out in the world like just like yeah, hey i'm feeling this way or like this is who this is this is the truth this is my truth um the people who matter they're the ones who are going to accept it just like you fine ladies do and, and me personally um and people do so you know yeah i yeah. think it's one of those things where like it's it's a really hard thing to accept and i feel like the three of us are very similar in the in the in wanting to people to to like us but like the hard truth is like we're not going to be for everyone and we may be for someone for a little while and then we may not be for them anymore mm-hmm. because we outgrow each other like you said or something like that and it's it is i i think it's the single hardest thing to grab to grasp um is not everybody's gonna like us and it's just um it's just something that that i think if we come to terms with a little bit more and kind of just take a deep breath and go okay yeah you know like we think about the people that we let out of our lives easily you know that may have it may not have been easy for them but we you know it it was easy for us and they're probably feeling the same way you know and Mm -hmm. it's like oh well maybe it's it's okay (laughs) There's like this Facebook quote and it's really cheesy, but it's like everyone in your life is either a blessing or a lesson. Um, <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> that though. Karen. It's true though. What'd it's so true. I said, thanks, Aunt Karen. Thanks, Aunt Karen. Yes. But I mean, <laughs> Is there a picture of a minion attached to it too? And he's like holding a flower. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, but it's true though. I mean like, and, and it's funny because there are people who can be both, you know, they're, you know, you can, they can come into your life and you can learn and you can evolve from them. And then once the relationship is ready to walk away, you say, okay, this is where, this is where the lesson. So it's kind of like this, every person can be a little bit of both. Sometimes they're just one or the other, you know, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, another kind of cheesy quote, but the ones who are closest to you hurt you the most. And um, I had friends who we just kind of like lost touch after college. Nothing big happened. We just don't really talk anymore because we don't see each other every day. But then also things like this happened because I was closer to her. Um, but not not all friendship breakups have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just you've fallen out of touch. And um, I went to a wedding of a college friend a couple weeks ago and I saw all these people that I haven't seen in like four years. But it wasn't like, it wasn't because we didn't want to. It was just because life happens. Um, and it's just, it's interesting, the dichotomy of how that happens. I feel like I'm only 25, but it, I feel like it's happened most in like my early 20s, right after college, because everyone's going their own way and figuring themselves out. And sometimes things blow up or sometimes things yeah. just kind of like poof away quietly. Um, I feel like there's like a, a phrase for that, a, a bang or a whimper, I guess. Um, <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And, you know, being over 10 years older than you, um, I can, I can tell you this, you may reconcile things someday. Um, I had a friend who was my best friend for 12 or so years. We had a falling out. I was convinced we'd never talk again. And now she's my best friend again, Hmm. believe it or not. And, um, 
whatever it was that we went through because like at, like at this point in time now it's like so many years later I'm like I don't even really know like I was just going through something back then and she was going through something and now we're adults and she's matured a whole lot and I've matured a whole lot and you know I've watched her get married and have and have kids and I'm like I like couldn't tell you what happened and I'm just so glad that we found our way back to each other because we we were meant to be friends. So there's also that beautiful thing that could happen. You never know. Um, and, you know, it is definitely a seasons of life sort of thing. Yeah. This summer, it's been interesting. Like, um, I feel like a lot of this has, has come back to the bubbled back to the surface again. It's, it's at the same time, it feels like forever ago, but then it feels like it was just yesterday. Um, but throughout the summer, my my pastor has been doing uh, a, a sermon series about taking like the different path, which was like, instead of being bitter, forgiving people, instead of hating your enemy, loving your enemy. And he, he always comes back to, is there someone in your life that you would need to do this for? Is there someone in your life that you need to reconcile with? And I really wrestled with that because... Um, I really don't have any way to contact her. Um, but, and I, I talked about this with my mom and she kind of said like, no, maybe don't, uh, don't reach out just yet. But, um, uh, just, it's been interesting how that has come back up in my life and come back up in church and, um, how every time my pastor brings it up, my brain always seems to go to her. Um, and I, like, again, I don't know if I'll ever talk to her again. I don't know if I'll ever see her again. We do live in the same city, but who knows? Um, we do swim in the same circles. Um, but it has been helpful to think about it um, in this new context in order to not necessarily build my own closure, but allow myself, you know, two, two years ago, when I was going through this, I was going through a lot of the confusion of just trying to understand the situation. But now, two years on, I can, you know, listening to my pastor talk about it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean I have to reach out to her right now. It still doesn't feel right. But it's helped me see her as a three-dimensional person again um, to understand that she lives a life just like I do. She wakes up in the morning, she eats breakfast, she goes to work, she has friends um, and understanding that um, she's not just evil or bad. Like she's not inherently like toxic, like what we talked about. Um, so I've learned and I don't do this very well, but she deserves the grace that I have given myself since that experience. Um, I've, I've had to give it, give myself that grace in the past two years, trying to move on, trying to grow. And I can't pretend that she's stayed the same person that she was. She has changed just like I have. She's probably matured and she probably also battles that bitterness. Like I know that she has. So my job now is to extend that grace and wish her good, uh, to pray for her, um, 
and to to love her in the ways that I can, which is from very far away. But um, and that's not always easy. Like sometimes I want her to suffer and have a miserable life because she hurt me. Um, but that is not how I'm going to have closure, and that's not how I'm going to have peace. Um, I'll only have peace when I understand that she's human, and so am I, and it happens. Here, here. I love that. Um, <laughs> so one thing we, we do on the podcast at the end of every episode is we, we put this phrase out there, and then we ask our guests to finish it. So the phrase is grief is, you can finish it with a single word, you can finish it with a sentence, but how would you finish the phrase grief is? I think grief is wanting really badly for someone to be there, but there's no way that they can be, whether they're alive or dead. That is there. That is really a really profound answer, actually, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, it's it, it's true. You you want the person back. You want you want back not only you know who they were, but what they represented in your life. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's really poetic way of saying it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Audrey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, so many people go through this and are probably going through this. And um, it's just, yeah, it's, it sounds like you've, you've made the room and the space like in your heart, in your mind now to, to, to cope with it. And that's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really impressive, honestly. Yeah. And it's funny, the more I've talked about it with people, the more they've said that happened to me too. And I didn't realize that I thought I was all alone. I was like, I'm the only person who's <laughs> ever had a conflict that turned really ugly. And then I realized actually this happens all the time. We just don't talk about it. Yep, exactly. And I think the best thing we can do is share it and talk about it and, um, and, and share our ways of dealing with it. <laughs> so I, I won't speak for all of Audrey because I only know parts of Audrey, but Audrey and I have a podcast <laughs> together. Um, not yes. really, so if you want something lighthearted about movies. Yes, plug it. <laughs> but Audrey and I get really opinionated. Sometimes we get really heated about our opinions. Um, so if you want to see, you want to see like a little, not a vicious Audrey, but a little more feisty Audrey, like come check out our podcast. Uh, but you're also a writer. So you have a blog, you share thoughts. Um, yeah, I do. I've not, I've actually not blogged in a while, but I do have a blog, uh, oddsblogs.com, A-U-D-S. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you do like social handles, but people can follow me too. I'm in the process. I want to get a book published next next year at some point, um, working on that. So if people want to follow me on social challenge, social channels. I am Aoi596, A-U-W-I-E-596. Yeah, we're definitely going to put you in there. Um, and then you'll be married too, like within a year, less less than a year. So, yeah, I'm know. getting Yay, married congratulations. In, in January. Thank you. You're I'm gonna get, I'm going to get ordained just for her ceremony. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> You're going to flick flowers at people. I'm going to flick flowers. I'm going to get a fanny pack and I'm going to like, oh my blow. god i'm gonna find Corey your oldest, the flower girl <laughs> i'm gonna find your oldest relatives and like blow flowers in their faces you know just... 
I think they would actually really enjoy that. Or get a pocket but... fan. <laughs> but um, but yes, uh, Audrey, thank you for being here today. Um, like my 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 little my little in a podcast circle is now complete. I yeah. love it. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. It's just wonderful. So um, everyone, thank you for tuning in to today's episode and we will talk to you later. Bye everybody. Thank you.